It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, September 12th. LA Galaxy coming off of a 1-1 draw with Nashville. It was interesting. I'll say that. Being somebody who didn't get to watch the game live, it was interesting to watch highlights and all those other things. Another miss, miss PK by, by Chicharito. We'll talk if the penalty kicks are going to absolutely rip this team apart before they even get a chance at looking at the playoffs. We'll look at the playoff picture. Galaxy getting ready for Vancouver coming up. Uh, Greg Vanny talking after the game in Nashville and ahead of this game in Vancouver. So we have two different places we can sort of pull some quotes fun if we need to to help us do all that and to get us ready for this. He's uh, back and in action and probably better than ever. Although who really knows? It's Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how's it going, bud? Playoffs? You're talking about the playoffs? (laughs) I was going to say, it it feels like they're just out of reach, right? Like, this is one of those cliffhanger movies where the hero is, like, clinging to the edge of the cliff and his hand keeps slipping off and the villain is standing above him just waiting to, like, kick him off the ledge. And is it, you know, in, in, in a movie, we all know the hero will somehow figure out a way to evade and avoid um, and won't end up dead. Um, but the galaxy could very well end up on that uh, on that floor like like Simba's dad Mufasa in, in The Lion King. Did I mix enough things there? I think I tried. Well, just before the game on Saturday, um, we had uh, the lovely and talented Mrs. Panda and myself, we had um appointment to go get our our fifth COVID booster. We collect those things like baseball cards. Right. Um, and she's uh, the lovely and talented Mrs. Panda, if you don't know, she's from Puerto Rico. It, which is a place without any clocks or any sense of time whatsoever. So she's late for everything. So I made the appointments. They were very hard to get. They were 12.15 and 12.30. At 12.10, she gets in the car and says, let's go. And the GPS says, we're going to get there at 12.25. So I was pretty upset. And I, I, I told her, look, we're going to miss the first appointment. She said, the appointments are at 12.15 and 12.30, right? And I said, yes. And then she said the most Puerto Rican thing ever, where she said, well, we're going to be late for one appointment and we'll be early for the other one. You're right we're, on time. <laughs> It, I mean, that was so logical. And I, I tell you that story to tell you this one. Jonathan Bond, who must be part Puerto Rican, said something very similar after the game where he talked about, you know, the Galaxy salvaged the point, but they didn't get a win. And he said, we'd like to be maybe in a different spot, but we're not in a bad one. Yeah. So it's like the glass is half full and half empty at the same time. I mean, it's just half. 
right? It's just, it's, it's exactly, just, yeah. it's exactly, it is what it is. Sasha Kleshin said something to me, obviously, earlier this year, and he said, you know, generally speaking, you are where you are, right? Which is, you deserve to be where you are. And right now, the Galaxy, absolutely, 100%, deserve to be where they are because they haven't capitalized on on some of these games. They haven't capitalized on games they should have won. They certainly have lost leads down this. Now, Nashville wasn't one of them, and actually, Nashville is one of the three games the LA Galaxy have played this year, Kevin, which is when they allowed the first goal and actually got a point or won the game. They, they've only done that three times this season. So when you look at it from that, it was a bit of a little, uh, almost a, a, a fall miracle as it's still 120 million degrees here in Southern California, but we all want it to be fall. Well, you know, you t- they're on a six-game unbeaten streak, their longest unbeaten streak uh, since last, I guess, middle of last season. So it's been a while, six unbeaten, but four of those are draws. And in three of those uh, four draws, they gave away a lead. They, 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 they were in a winning position, and they gave it back. In two of those games, the last two, uh, I think it's been the last two, uh, Ricky Puig has had to score in stoppage time or in the 89th minute to get them the draw. Now, if they had a whole lot held on and won those games, we knew what their record used to be when they scored first. If they had won those games and got the extra six points, they would be in fourth place right now. They'd be ahead of Nashville. Right. Um, and the interesting thing is, is this six-game unbeaten streak, again, the longest of the season, they've actually lost position. When they started it with the uh, the win at home, I think it was with Vancouver. I get five to two win over Vancouver, which is something we'll talk about later, but yes. When they started, that was the start of the streak. After that game, they were in sixth place. They were two points out of fourth. Now they're in eighth place, um, and they haven't lost since then. So th- that's just really bizarre, and it's like what you talked about. They just haven't been able to close the deal, letting those games get away. Yes, they're unbeaten, but four of the six games are draws. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and by the way, I think it's, it's. I'm looking at my chart and I went through and tried to double check. Apparently, it might be 111 and 1 that they are, so only two times this year. Uh, one was when they lo- went down to Austin and they came back to win 4-1. to one. Um, And this is the other game, which is the Nashville game, which is uh, one that they came back to draw. I actually put some checks and balances into my cheat sheets. That way I could I could make sure that the the records were lining up and I can now see that this is exactly why I did it and to double check it. But one eleven and one. So only twice this year, twice this year, have the L.A. Galaxy allowed the first goal and then gone on to get something out of the game. Austin was one and Nashville was this other one. So. Um, it, it's a little bit, like I said, it's almost a Christmas miracle come a little bit earlier. The fact that the galaxy go down to a Nashville team that has been rather ruthless, especially with Hanny Mukhtar. And if you're going to put another sort of caveat on this game is that they allowed one goal from Hanny Mukhtar, who the guy who's now leading the golden boot and probably the MVP race. And it was on a penalty kick. So they didn't get allow Nashville. Who's been scoring a lot of goals. Who's been running the score up on people who's really been k- taking people out one by one, especially at home, they didn't allow Nashville to play their game as much as perhaps uh, you know Nashville normally does. No, it, it, it's I know it's a draw, and it's you know it took a VAR call on a handball in the 99th minute. By the way, that's the latest the Galaxy in their 27 year history, the latest the Galaxy have ever scored a goal to get a draw. Um, so you look at that and you say, well, you know, in some ways they they had some good fortune. They were you know they did get a point. Hey, they went into a place Nashville that's hard to play. Nashville had won four in a row. Uh, the Galaxy outshot them 22 to 10. Um, Joe Willis just had an amazing game. He got a hand on 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 Ricky Poo's penalty shot too, and yes. almost stopped that one. He had, he had a fantastic game. So you look at it and you say, well, you know, the Galaxy had a little good fortune. No, they played a really good game. 
and, and you can argue about the penalty kick and whether the call should have gone their way. It, it, the Galaxy didn't luck into that. They they may they may have lucked into the score and the result, but but they earned the point, I think, and and they probably had reason to to leave there thinking they should have had more. Yes and no. I mean, again, for somebody who got to watch the highlights in the extended fifteen minute version, first of all. Um, I, I would just like to commiserate with all my fellow listeners who had to listen to that game on Twitter or anything else. Uh, I heard that the Spanish broadcast was excellent, so good to them. Uh, Univision had it. Uh, I think it was TUDNE, and then it was on Twitter um, was sort of where it was covered. Uh, Chris Winningham, who is a great guy, was on the English version for Twitter, um, and he was paired with somebody else. And I don't even really want to get into it except to say that Chris did a great job, and we'll leave it at that. Um, because, uh, there, it was, it was hard to listen to, um, uh, at, at long portions of this. And this is one of the reasons that I think next year when everything does go to Apple and you sort of get away from some of these, listen, there's no way that Univision is putting a whole bunch into the Twitter broadcast because, you know, there's only, you know, 5,000 people watch the Twitter broadcast. It's not like they're, they're breaking the bank in order to do it. So with some, standardization across uh, some of these. I think you're going to get better uh, crews that do hopefully do a better job. If they're as bad as not being able to pronounce guys' names who are well-known throughout Major League Soccer, uh, I'm thinking of Vasquez um, and some weird version of Koulibaly that no, that nobody could quite get to. Um, if, if you're looking at that, that, that needs to be better. And to me, I, I Kevin, you know this. Tell everybody. Tell, how hard do I work on pronunciation for guys? Like, you have to go search for it. You have to ask them. You have to ask other people. You have to work on it. And if when you don't, it's obvious because you're sitting here and we hear how you say the names. Yes. Yeah. You, Josh Gooseman. I still haven't got that one right. Yeah. Um, you know, there is an alternative to that. If if you're if you have Sirius XM and the and they don't broadcast all the games, but this was the only game on at that time. So it was on Sirius XM. They, they had the Nashville home feed. Those guys were very good. I do not like a lot of. Uh, MLS announcing teams because I think most of them are homers and I do not like the oh the Charlotte the Charlotte team is is, is beyond the pale I do not like t- owners ch- or uh, announcers cheering for a team I just want them to tell me what's going on right and I want them to have a little bit of knowledge of both teams and the Nashville announcers were very good they knew a lot about the Galaxy they knew about Ricky Pooj they knew about what was going on they knew about Chicharito they they just had a lot of knowledge and they called the game straight. That's an alternative. If you if you don't like the Twitter announcers and you have SiriusXM, um, they will have a feed for you of someone at the game. Well, it's usually pretty good. And the Galaxy also had their radio broadcast, which is on LAGalaxy.com, which you could also do. Joe Joe Tatino was on that one as well. So who's even better? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So you still a- think Joe's the best announcers in the league is, is the best announcer in the league, but I just want that the the Nashville people were surprisingly good. I was surprised. I well, they were great. Having said that, I, I will say that I think that there's an argument to be made, and, and Greg Vanny was talking about it today. Again, media availability today because the Galaxy leave tomorrow to head to Vancouver. I mean, this is all very quick uh, when you look at this. And so uh, Saturday in Nashville, back, you know, regen on Sunday. Uh, I think they're trained on Monday. They trained today. They trained this morning because Greg was out there. They will get on an airplane tomorrow afternoon and fly to Vancouver. Same time zone. So that helps out a little bit. Um, but, but this is a tough trip. I mean, they're going to a foreign country. They have the language issue and they have the different food and, the, and they probably drive on the wrong side of the road there, right? Everything is going to be different going on this foreign road trip. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Blast in the uh, in the chat room says that the audio doesn't sync up. It doesn't, whenever you're doing the LAGalaxy.com, it, you have to mess with it in order to get it to work. Like 100%, you'd have to do something in order to make it all work. So it's not easy. It's just, it's next year, hopefully it'll be easy for, for all this, right? That's the, excuse me, that's the idea. 
Um, they, they, they do have bears in Vancouver. Lots of bears. <laughs> bears. Big bears. Big bears. It's, it's a dangerous trip. The language, the food, the <laughs> e- bears. Bears. I, I'm sure that's something you have to worry about. Um, but here's the thing is, uh, you look at this game, you look at this 1-1 draw, uh, you look at P- Chicharito missing a penalty kick again. Um, I think that's going to be the big storyline. Even when, you know, and, and I think I said this. Um, in fact, I know I did. I said everybody better be praying to whatever God they pray to that Chicharito doesn't go in the tank because of the Panenka, right? And I'm sorry, but he's in the tank because of the Panenka now because he went and tried to redeem himself and there was a kerfuffle uh, between him and Victor Vasquez about who was going to take the ball and who was going to score that goal. Vasquez. That, yeah, Vasquez. I'm sorry. Victor yeah. Victor Vasquez. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so Vasquez and, and Chicha get into it a little bit. And listen, I'm, I don't worry about that stuff. That stuff gets handled and it's over. Um, but Chicharito is going to lose the trust of his teammates if he continues to ask for the ball and miss. And listen, Ricky Puj got lucky too. I mean, th- that he put it away, but it went in. Uh, I think you were the, Kevin, you were saying, oh, well, you know, um, you know, Nashville almost got a hand to that one. You know, they did get a hand to it as a matter, matter of fact, right? And I, I said, yeah, I go, I see, I've seen that before, especially in the Sporting Kansas City game where Jonathan Bond got a hand to a ball that still went in the back of the net. It doesn't matter as long as it goes in the back of the net. But the big deal here is this. Chicharito was a guy who was scoring goals for fun um, throughout the last, you know, six, seven games, was putting them in in bunches, was scoring goals, was hit, taking PKs at sometimes, was making those PKs, was scoring goals from the run of play, was doing all the things that you wanted him to do. He has been the MVP of this team. It's hands down Chicharito. Now, perhaps if Ricky Pouge came in at the beginning of the season or even a little bit earlier than he did, you could sit there and make an argument right now because in the last four games, Ricky Pouge has been the MVP of the LA Galaxy. Yeah, that, two, two goals, two assists. He's never played in a losing game in MLS. And uh, I think the last person to have either a goal and assist through their first four games was Carlos Ruiz in 2002 for the LA Galaxy. So that's something to keep in mind again as well of what Ricky Pouge is doing. Hammer, t- Hammer texted me and said, said, you better say goodbye to Ricky Push. If anybody in Europe is watching this guy play, they're like, so we're just going to buy him from the Galaxy in the winter, right? Because he's much too good to be playing Major League Soccer. There is some of that. I think the Galaxy will hold on to him for a little bit. I think Ricky will want to stay for a little for a little bit. Now, maybe you get one year, one full year out of him next year. But the the fact is that he's he's even though he looks like a little boy, uh, he is a man out there on the field and he's making the, some other players in Major League Soccer look like boys. But having said that, Chicharito is in a bad spot now. Now you've got him in a crisis of confidence. Now there's all sorts of problems. You were hoping that if he was going to take the ball from Victor Vasquez, um, that he was going to, you know, be able to bury a shot, Kevin. And this was going to be the redemption tour for, for Chicharito, which was like, ah, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. But that didn't happen now. And if you saw and you know Chicharito and you know how much he can get in his own head, Kevin, and when he's talked about his mental health so many times, this can't be sitting well with him right now. And I think if you're a Galaxy fan, you should be worried. And Greg Vanny talked about it afterwards. He said he said he thought Chicharito hit the ball well. He said he thought Chicharito was trying to get rid of that Panenka, get that out of his mind, get back into some positive thoughts. Greg talked about all that. He also talked about how he took penalty shots when he played for the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And he said it's pr- it's a primarily a mental exercise. It has nothing to do with skill or technique. It's a mental exercise. And again, he's he's sort of telegraphing that what you just said, that you know, Chicharito was trying to get through this, trying to get it out of his mind. Um, and it just didn't work, and now he dug that hole a little bit deeper. You know, Chicharito has taken nine uh, PKs since he came to MLS. He's only made four. He's missed five of them. Um, since 2010, of every MLS player that's taken at least six penalty kicks, that is the worst percentage of, any, of anyone. 
for his career, you think about this guy, a striker, a scorer, for his career, including West Ham United, Sevilla, Manchester United, and the Mexican national team, for whom he leads all time in goals, with all of those, he's taken 22 penalty kicks and he's made 10. Yeah. That's not a good percentage. He's a sub 50%, which we knew coming in, by the way. And and here's the thing is that... Um, you know, for me, I'm going to say this is a Vanny mistake. After that Panenka, I think Vanny should have established some rules on who was going to take it and how it goes. Because as Greg said, when I played, it was the guy who came up and wanted to hit it with confidence, which is why Greg would go up there and do it and take penalty kicks, right? As a Listen, uh, as a high school defender, I used to take penalty kicks all the time for my teams because I was like, I know how to hit it, a ball between two posts from, you know, eight yards away. I can I can make that happen. This Again, it's a mental thing, but if you think it's easy and you're, you're you want the pressure and you're there then it says chicharito and uh, we talked about this whenever he missed the the panenka is changing your mind during a penalty kick is so dangerous in in my opinion i'm not a high level soccer player but changing your mind you have to be so skilled to be able to change your mind or adapt to what you see the goalkeeper doing whenever you're doing it and to me it adds a layer of complexity that doesn't need to be there pick a side hit it hard and and put it in a corner well, and here's another thing, talking about getting in his own head. One of the Nashville players walked behind Chicharito just as he was preparing to kick and said Panenka, um, which, again, they know, the opponents know that this guy, you, know, you can get in his head easily. I, I'm not saying that that had anything to do. I didn't even know if Chicharito heard him. Right. But you could, you could, could, if you could read lips, you could see the guy go behind behind him and just say Panenka. Right. Um, but, and then Chicharito winds up missing the kick. Well, now, Greg, today, they was asked about the penalty kicks again. Greg was sort of talking about how he used to take them and all this other stuff. And he was going through it says that he has provided clarification on the penalty kick to the guys, right? That that has happened. Um, probably should have happened after the last game. It happened after this game. It has now been. Ha- so, well, so what is the clarity? Well, I don't know. Obviously he's not going to tell us. I mean, that's one of those secret things that you say. I, he goes, but as Greg was talking, he goes, there are veteran guys who are out there who can take these. And so he's like, he's like, you know, Victor's out there. Victor Vasquez can take them. You know, if, uh, if Sasha's out there, Sasha Kleshin takes them for the LA galaxy, right? Those type of things. Dayon actually has a very good penalty kick taking record as well. Right. And uh, he wanted that last one. Yeah. Douglas Costa. Uh, has a good penalty kick record, actually. So that's something to think about as well. Um, so there are guys who have good penalty kick records who are veterans who are not going to shy away from the pressure that's coming. And I'm not going to say it's a pressure thing with Chicha. I just think it's overall he's not a good penalty kick taker. It's just it's a mental game he can't master, um, which is fine. But know your limitations. That was the big mistake there. Um, and- I think with Ricky Puig's kick, too, that was not a good kick. He did get it. I mean, it did go in. I think Chicharito's kick might have been in a little bit better. But the point I wanted to make about him was he stepped up. He 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 noticed the situation and wasn't going to let Chicharito have the ball. Maybe he didn't know about Dayan, but he certainly wasn't. Uh, well, uh, I guess Chicharito wasn't even in the game at the end, right? But he, Ricky was going to take that shot um, because he, he wanted someone to step up and win the game. I say all that because with a lot of these European players, especially you're already talking about Puig, you know, probably wind, winding up going back to Europe – a lot of the big name European players, you see them come over here and it's, it's as if they don't really care about the results. They don't really care about the games. There was something that happened earlier in that game that kind of showed me that Ricky Puig might be a little bit different. Poosh. When Ricky Poosh. Poosh him too. We just talk about pronunciations. Yes, exactly. Yes. Obviously. This is why you um, don't announce games. Right. Exactly. As, um, there was a play where where, Granzi, uh, where Kevin Cabral came in and, and put a shot on goal, and it was it should have been an easy goal, but it wasn't. It was stopped. If you watch the Twitter feed up this up the field, Ricky kind of throws his arms up in the air, and it, you know it, it's sort of like what the heck happened? 
he didn't, you know, you don't see that reaction from a lot of players, even players that have been here a long time, whether they don't want to show up teammates or show emotion or whatever. But Ricky clearly wanted that ball to go in, clearly wants to win. Uh, he's only been here five games. He's really into to being with the Galaxy now and trying to get into the playoffs. I mean, that's all really a good sign. He's already adapted and decided that he wants to be a winner with this team five games in. And there's some European players that we never saw that from them. Their whole careers here. Yeah, it is. Uh, by the way, a $10 super chat from Jose. Jose says, proud of Sophie for putting pressure on Vanny at the presser on Saturday. He was frustrated with the question, but they need to feel it. Panda, the cannon, who is next from COG? Speak for the fans. Actually, Jose... I'm going to tell you two things. One is I've asked that same exact question of Greg Vanny about Kevin Cabral now, about, I think four separate occasions. And he knows because whenever the last time I asked it, he goes, we've talked about this before. Um, Greg hasn't t- changed his mind on that and he's not going to change his mind. But if you listen to what he's saying, he's saying that in his mind, this is what Greg, this is what I believe. If I can add a little bit of subtext to what Greg is saying, knowing the conversations I've had with him, both on the record, off the record, the subtext is that Kevin Cabral and starting Kevin Cabral is best for the formation of the LA galaxy because of the things that he provides. Greg knows he's not getting finishing out of him. He knows he's not getting the crossing and, and sort of the discipline that he wants in these big moments from Kevin Cabral. But he's saying that as of right now, there is nobody else on the team that can do the things that Kevin Cabral can do despite the fact, despite the fact that he is not good on the offensive side of things. He likes his work rate. He wants to do, and he's talked about, you know, Ricky being the relief valve, or, or excuse me, talk about Kevin Cabral being the relief valve out there that's able to run in and take up the space in behind. It's not a great argument, right, in terms of what it is, because you would hope that by now Greg has sort of found a way to work around Kevin Cabral, but the bottom line it is it hasn't. Um, and that's not going to change. If you're expecting that the Kevin Cabral is suddenly going to hit the bench with five games left, you're out of your mind. Uh, he is there. He's going to play. He's going to do it. Um, and so this is one of those things that I think everybody sort of has to adjust a little bit to. You're not going to get the answer that you want this season. And Greg has basically said, I don't have that guy. I don't have the guy that I need. And I wouldn't be surprised, Kevin, and you and I have talked about it, that is if Kevin Cabral goes on loan this winter and goes somewhere else where the LA Galaxy can move him off the books and the Galaxy can go get another young designated player or sell off some different assets in order to be able to go get a third high-priced designated player. I'm also wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Douglas Costa gets his contract bought out, right? Vanny isn't. And in my particular case on this one, Vanny wasn't upset about the question. He was upset about how long it took to get to the question. That was where his frustration lies, right? He talked today about it again, um, a little bit in front of different things. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's, that's an adjustment you could as fans, I think everybody has a right to be upset about anything if you want to be. So so you'd be upset about it. But Greg has stayed fairly consistent about this throughout the entire year about what he sees in Cabral and what he wants from him. All right. So uh, it does do stuff. And I know people, I, I am on I am on the Greg Vanny side in terms of what Kevin Cabral does do on occasion and that the Galaxy play a little bit better when Cabral is able to play wider out on the field. It's not perfect, but he opens up space and he does do some things. Again, in a perfect world, the Galaxy need wingers. The Galaxy don't have wingers that can score. Sammy Grand-Sir can't score. He's pretty horrible on offense. Uh, Kevin Cabral can't score. He's pretty horrible on offense. Uh, Sam Grand-Sir cuts inside a little more than Kevin Cabral does. Grand-Sir doesn't play and doesn't track back into the midfield as good as Kevin Cabral does. Again, the problem is the Galaxy don't have wingers that can score. And so what, what what that means is everything gets shuffled. It gets channeled up the middle. 
And, you know, defenses don't have to worry about the wide play because those guys aren't going to score from wide and they're not going to cross from wide. So you you can pretty much disregard anything that happens outside the 18-yard box because it's not going to be consequential if you're an opponent. Yeah, and see, that's the big thing that, that, that Pooja has come in and sort of done, right, is made the center of the field more consequential, right, has made some of those runs. I mean, even look at the penalty kick that Kevin Cabral drew in the, um, uh, which game was that, the, the Sporting Kansas City game? Uh, no, it wasn't sporting Kansas city. Yeah. Was it the, which home game was it? Not too long ago. I'll go, I'll go look at it. It's fine. It was the late one. Um, yeah, I, I it was, Seattle. Uh, was it Seattle that he drew the penalty kick at home? Was that the one? I can't remember anymore. Um, but even look at that, that was Ricky Pouge being that central player. Uh, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been Seattle. He didn't play in that game. Yeah. So it, it was, it was one somebody will get it here and eventually, um, and so, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't disagree that bringing somebody like Johnny Perez or bringing in Cameron Dunbar might be the option. Greg Vandy doesn't think it, but Johnny Perez is also injured. So Johnny Perez had knee surgery. Johnny Perez ain't coming back any, this, this, this time this year, right? So uh, I think that they have guys who can play in the center like Daniel Aguirre. But again, center, who else is the wingers? Where are they going to find them? And if it's Cameron Dunbar, then you got to call him up and recall him from G2 and get him up. Um. I think it's the biggest focus piece in the offseason for the LA Galaxy, but that's not getting fixed this year. The Galaxy wanted to f- wanted to finish out their cent- their defensive midfielder and that central attacking midfielder and be able to sort of get that that right back backup that they got in, uh, in Casares, who, who started in this game, right? So this is what I'm saying is there's there's ways to try to do this, but it's not like you can play Julian Araujo in place of, uh, of, of Kevin Cabral and all of a sudden it solves problems. I've yet to sort of figure out a way that that you can't get what Vanny's trying to get without putting Kevin Cabral on the field. That's going to be the way it goes this season. There's no changing that. Kevin Cabral can't go anywhere. And if you put him on the bench, the Galaxy get worse, not better. Look at what happened whenever they played the four diamonds. Um, and actually, they played the four diamonds, but Grant Vanny added instead of day on up top, he added Cabral up top, right? More width. What happened in that first half? What Just outside the 10th minute, Victor Vasquez had that ball that went up the right-hand side uh, to Kevin Cabral to play him into space. Now, Kevin Cabral is a real player. Uh, he squares that ball because Puj was there, right? I think you were talking about Puj was there um, and uh, Chicharito was there on the other side as well. Now, he got taken a little out of the, the way to make it happen, but still a good player. That's what you need to see next year is a winger who can affect change. It's not going to be Kevin Cabral, but Kevin Cabral is not going to sit on the bench for the rest of these. But I go back to my original argument, which was as long as the wingers aren't producing and aren't even able to cross the ball in opponents, opposing defenses don't have to worry about anything that happens outside of the box on either side. Go back to the beginning of the season when the galaxy were arguably playing their best soccer of the year. And what was going on? Raheem Edwards was was coming up and delivering crosses from the outside mm-hmm. the box, from the wings. He wasn't a winger, but he was delivering crosses from there, and he had a lot of assists at the beginning. Yep. And defenses had to back off a little bit. They couldn't clog the lanes the way they are now. Um, and now they just have to look at uh, you know what's going on right in front of them. They don't have to worry about what's coming from the outside. And until it's just like a basketball team, you know, if and, and if they can't make the three point shot, then then the opposing team can just congregate, you know, can congregate around the key and and take that away from you. The Galaxy are that kind of team. If they if they're not going to be able to shoot from outside, um, all you got to worry about what goes on in the paint. That makes it so much easier to defend if you're an opponent. So in this one, we got uh, Caceres playing out on the right-hand side. Del, uh, Araujo actually sat. So Vanny talked about this in the post game and sort of was saying, hey, listen, there's guys I needed to sit, guys I needed to give a rest a little bit. If you're reading that between the, the, you know, between the lines, there were a whole bunch of guys on yellow card watch. 
Um, and so for me, and seeing the result of this particular game with Sega Koulibaly now and Raheem Edwards out and will miss the game against Vancouver because of re- yellow card accumulation, this was, I think, Vanny's way of staggering the risk to this Vancouver game. As it stands, the Galaxy will be able to put Chase Gasper in at left back against Vancouver. They'll be able to bring in either Nick Depew or put Casares into the center and move um, move Julian Araujo out to the right-hand side. They can bring in Nick Depew. Um, they can also uh, go in with, uh, with uh, what's his name? I'm turning into you now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's been a long day. Uh, but Eric, Eric Zavaleta? Yeah, Zavaleta, that was it. Uh, they also could put Zavaleta in there. So they have some backups and some ways to move around. And so for me, bringing Araujo into the second half and doing those things was sort of a way to guard against, um, you know, losing all, everybody for the Vancouver game. It's interesting, too. Uh, Julian Araujo is on the cusp of having 100 MLS appearances, but he has to play in every single game from here on out. So if he gets a yellow card accumulation and misses it, he will finish the season with 99 MLS appearances in the regular season, right? And there's a good chance, as we've seen with rumors swirling and everything else, that Julian Araujo doesn't come back next year. And so that could be something to watch there as well. So this is that diamond midfield. Now, the big change between this diamond midfield and the one that uh, had, you know, Dayon in it is basically the ability in defense to have Cabral drop back into a midfield um, and and provide more. And, and as Vanny was saying, provide the numerical advantage in the center of the field, right? And still get out and be that relief valve on the outside. So um, Vanny sort of seems to, to like this. Now, I didn't think this was very effective in terms of finishing off chances. The really interesting stat that I saw after watching all this and listening to everybody who's talking about this game and sort of doing it, the galaxy ended up with an, an expected goals of 2.8 Kevin, right? So, and to, to Nashville's 1.5. So you sit there and you, you think, okay, you know, this seems like the LA galaxy should have probably won that game just based off that almost three goals to one and a half goals, basically almost double what Nashville had. But when you look at the actual XG's chances that they got, the Galaxy had a penalty kick, which is usually 0.7, right? Uh, two penalty kicks is 0.7. So that's 1.4 already is just in penalty kicks. We know one of them was missed. But look at all the, the little tiny marks that come on here. These are little half chances. These are shots from very unlikely situations that are going to score, right? And so, yes, the cumulative of the Galaxy having all these little shots and chances is that they had a higher XG. But when you look at this, this set, this tells me right here very clearly the Galaxy had very few clear-cut chances outside of the penalty kicks. That's a little worrying for a team that was scoring goals, that did have somebody behind Chicharito who was scoring more goals, right? So they didn't have the offense. I know Greg wants to say that he thinks that this game was there for the taking. Um, and to me, this game seems like the Galaxy earned the point, Kevin. But I think saying it was there for the taking, looking at the stats, sort of understanding what Nashville was trying to do. And let's be very clear. If the Galaxy score first, Nashville's not going to sit back for the 65 or 70 minutes they decided to sit back for in this game. Um, you know, whenever they finally finally got to it, they they go out and they attack more. And so perhaps Hany Mukhtar is more of a factor whenever Nashville actually puts their foot on the gas. The biggest deal with Nashville for me is that they let up, that they didn't attack the LA Galaxy where I thought they were vulnerable, especially whenever the Galaxy were getting caught up the field. Well, now you said earlier that you thought 45 points would be enough to get in. And, and Greg said today... I, I did five, not. Please don't. I said it might be enough. I said 48 was the goal, but 45 might be enough. That's not going to well, be the case. Greg said today that he thinks they, they need to win three of their last five, which would be nine points, would get them to 49. Um, Salt Lake is right above them. Salt Lake really blew an opportunity to put some distance between themselves and the Galaxy. They played the worst team in the league at home um, in D.C. United. 
and did yeah. not score a goal. It was yeah. a draw. So they could be, uh, they could be what they, they would have been five points ahead of the galaxy. So, so yeah. two full games uh, ahead of the galaxy. Instead, they're within three points. If the galaxy win and Salt Lake City lose this week, galaxy go ahead on the tiebreaker and the galaxy are above the playoff line. Yes. I, I, I don't know if Salt Lake, you know, when you look at the teams immediately uh, above them, the galaxy at 40, Salt Lake at 43, Minnesota 44, Portland 45. I think Portland is probably the most likely one to come back. I don't know about Minnesota. I think they're a little more solid than Portland. Salt Lake City is, you know, is there, you know, one game and and all of, and and that game could be at home. The Galaxy get them at home in the penultimate game of the season. That'll be a six-point swing game. But I, the the teams, I think Portland could come back, and the team I think the Galaxy need to worry about is Seattle. Seattle is was one point behind them. They have one fewer game to play. But boy, they have a really soft schedule the rest of the way. Um, we were talking about this earlier. I don't, I don't know if they're going to win all of their games, but you know, which would be twelve points. That's a little much to ask the way that they've been playing. Right. But you know, let me take a look at their games here. It's a pretty soft schedule for Seattle going forward, and and it, it they are four games that that Seattle could win. They finished the season. They have Vancouver at, in Vancouver. They have this whole week off. One of the few teams in MLS not going to play a midweek game. Then they get Cincinnati at home. They have Sporting Kansas City in in Kansas City, and they finish at home against San Jose. So they have three teams that are done, that are basically out of the playoff picture. Cincinnati kind of uh, still in there in the East, but but they play that game in Seattle. So Seattle is the is the team that I would worry about, I think, the most. And and I think the Galaxy can catch Salt Lake, and I think Portland's going to come back to them. That, that's those are the three teams it comes down to for me: Portland, Salt Lake, and and Seattle are the teams that the Galaxy really need to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can play this game, but if the Galaxy won out um, and Salt Lake won out and Portland won out, the Galaxy would finish above Salt Lake and Portland. Um, that's 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 how that would work. The Galaxy have two games in hand against Portland, one game in hand against Salt Lake. So again, it's not, I think, the Jonathan Bond thing. It's not a horrible position. You know, it's, it, it, it's where it is. But here's the thing. I mean, Greg Vanny said it very clearly, and we'll go down to our, our points again. And we're going to stick with 48. We've, we've had it at 48. It could, listen, I saw predictions that show 52 could be the number uh, as well. But let's keep it at 48, sort of where we're at, okay? The LA Galaxy now have gotten points in every single game they played except for the two against Dallas and Sporting Kansas City, right? So they've now played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games, and we're showing them getting points in seven of those games. Now, only uh, three wins in those, right? And and uh, yeah, three wins, three draws, basically, in those in those uh, uh, nine games that they played. Uh, but, the, but the point against Nashville is better than than nothing. And certainly, I think that there was a good chance for nothing. nothing. And, and Ricky Pooj, and listen... Uh, the Galaxy probably didn't do themselves any uh, any favors by knocking Walker Zimmerman out of the next match either there, Kevin. He gets a red card for the yellow yellow card on the handball, but you kind of need Nashville to go in there, and the teams above the Galaxy, at least the ones that are further away, you kind of want them to beat the other teams that are going to be close to you uh, if you're the Galaxy, and so far that hasn't happened. LAFC in a slide, uh, you know, Austin in a slide. Um, so some of the big teams have been choking uh, here rather quickly, and you talk about RSL. There's a couple of games you were talking about teams that you don't trust, right? And I would say that RSL is a tough one for me to sort of trust in what they're doing. Seattle is tough for me to trust because you can't say, yes, they have an easy schedule. Agreed that they have an easy schedule. But if you've watched them play this year, you can't sit there and say that, oh, this is a team that's definitely going to take all those points. They've struggled in those positions, which is why they haven't taken those points, which is why they're in position below the playoff line. And I think everybody will agree that Seattle is, you know, this veteran team. 
right? Rightfully so. They're a veteran team. They've been there. They've done that. But this Seattle team has not been in this position, maybe ever, Kevin, we were talking about it, but maybe ever in terms of fighting for their playoff lives and somewhat well below the line in terms of doing that right now. No, they haven't been because they, their lowest they ever finished was fourth. So they, they were always pretty much in the top half of the bracket um, and, and presumably at this time of year would have been fairly safe. Here's, I really think this week is very, very important for the Galaxy. And, and forget the game they have in hand, which is next week, which is also important, but we'll talk about that next week. If the Galaxy win in Vancouver on Wednesday and RSL loses in Austin, which I know Austin's in a tailslide, but they're still pretty tough to beat at home. So let's say those two things happen. Those teams are tied on points, but the Galaxy have the, the the lead in the tiebreaker. That puts the Galaxy above the line, right, with four games to go. Why is that important? Because then things are, they have their fate in their own hands. If yep. they win out, they're in the playoffs. They don't have to right now. They have to worry about someone helping them. They need they need somebody to beat Salt Lake. They need somebody to beat Portland. If they can go ahead of Salt Lake this week. They're in control of their own destiny. They went out, they go. They don't have to wait for anybody else to do anything to help them. That's the position you really want to be in with three or four games left, where you're in control of your own destiny. So, if again, if they win and Salt Lake loses, they're above the line. They finish with Real Salt Lake. They finish with Houston. They have Colorado at home. They have that game against San Jose at Stanford. Those are all winnable games, and the Salt Lake will be the one that will decide it, I think. That's, it, it's kind of whenever you look at the, te- at the games that are coming up. Vancouver is, in my opinion, it's the easiest road game the LA Galaxy will face from their last remaining three home games, right? Vancouver is not a good team, although they are better at home than they are. What, Kevin, you had it. What, a 2-3-0 and oh in there? Yeah, yeah I, I, I talked to a friend of mine in Vancouver today, and I told her I was going to do a pod. And, and I know the first thing you thought of was you didn't know I had a friend other than Jovan Karowski. But I do have some friends, and I have a friend in, in Vancouver who covers a team. And I asked her what I need to know about Vancouver, you know, because I was going to do this pod and we're going to talk about it. And she said, well, the first thing you need to know is they suck. And she's right. Uh, they have uh, their 2-3-0 and in their last five games since July 3rd at BC Place. Um, in their last three games, they've scored one goal. They're, they, they, they lost all three. They scored only one goal. Um, they lost 3 to nothing to Nashville, 2 nothing to San Jose, and 3-1 in their last game to Colorado. They will be getting a Ryan Gold back, but they're going to be missing Lucas Cavallino for a couple more games. Yep. Those two guys together accounted for 42% of their goals, and one of them is out. So, yeah. you know, their offense is going to be uh, in trouble. They have the worst goal differential in the West. They're minus 21. Um, and, and it was interesting, too, when this just before the slide started, they played – uh, RSL on the road, August 20th. They played them to it, came back, and it was a gutty performance. They got a draw. After that game, uh, on on camera, uh, Vanny Sartini, the coach, said, "The other there will be six other teams fighting to get in the playoffs, but not us. We're in. You know, We've guaranteed ourselves a playoff spot the way we played today. They haven't won, and they've scored one goal since then. <laughs> um, so that, that – Probably not the momentum you want to be building. Well, well, again, I, I want to clarify something that I think the chat room is, is correct, is that the Galaxy right now, if they went out, they're in the playoffs, right? You realize that. With the points that they have, because they would overtake RSL, who they have a game game in hand on, and they would overtake Portland, who they have two games in hand on. They would automatically pass those players, pass those teams. They couldn't beat them. If the Galaxy went out, from here on out, the Galaxy will be in the playoffs. This is what I was trying to say, and I have been saying for all the shows, is if the Galaxy want to guarantee themselves a playoff spot, just win all the rest of their games. They don't have a problem. They will They will make the playoffs. Mathematically, they will beat those teams. It doesn't matter what those teams do because of the games in hand that they have. Um, the Galaxy will be able to jump those guys because right now, Portland's only five 
points away. If the Galaxy win all their games, they would jump them by a point, right? And with RSL on the tiebreaker and the one game that they have, they'll be able to jump them as well. So again, the Galaxy have it in their hands. They're certainly not out of it, but you have to ask yourself is how likely you think the LA Galaxy are to yeah. win some of these games. That, that is such a, 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 I mean, there is no room for error. You're right. If they win out, they're in, but there's no room for error because if they if they win three of their four, four games, what, they have five, right? Mm-hmm. If they win four of their five, but the one they lose is RSL, yeah, it, and they don't get help. They could be out if they yes. if they win four of their game. If they win three of the five and tie one, ten points. Seattle could pass them. It it, de- it, de- it depends on who plays who. Like you would actually have to go through and try to figure it out. But yes, there are scenarios. That's why I said there are scenarios that have the line up to fifty two points, right? Which is pretty high for a uh, for a side. We thought that because everybody was going to beat up on each other down the stretch, that that would drop the lo- line lower. What's actually happened is the teams that are lower have been beating the teams that are up above, and so that line has actually climbed instead of dropped, which is kind of well, what we didn't expect. But Let, that's let me good. ask you another philosophical question. We've been talking a lot, and I really like this term now. A, a, a game is not a must-win game, but it's a can't-lose game. Um, uh, you know, Because it, when coaches say this is a must-win game, if the team doesn't win – then what do you do? Come in the next day and say, okay, well, we're done. We're out of it. We got five games left, but we're done. I said we had to win and we didn't win. So talking about games as a, you can't lose. Um, is this Vancouver game a must win or a can't lose? Because it's really a, a team struggling. They have no life left. They're struggling. Their best players out. Um, the galaxy come in with, with the momentum, the six game unbeaten streak. If the galaxy lose this game, is it a disaster? I'd sure they, they can recover, but they can is it, a, is it a disaster? I've been I've been struggling with this all because you know I'm very much and you did this to me, which is I'm very much a mathematics in terms of you must win. Must win has to have a mathematical certainty to it, which is if you don't win, then you're out. That's what a must win game is because otherwise right. there's always chances. And so I hesitate to say that Vancouver is a must win because mathematically they're not eliminated, right? But it would do something that we had talked about, which is in many ways it'll probably take the game depending on RSL, depending on Portland and what they do, it would probably take the whole win all your games and you're automatically in um you know that towards it might take that out of it right so i see this game as the the closest thing to a lock because vancouver is again missing the best player really struggling has no life everyone in vancouver if they're not worried about the bears they're paying attention to nhl training camp opening i I just i don't see any life in the stadium other than that what might be provided by traveling galaxy supporters so but then after that, Colorado at home, they should win that game, but that's not a guaranteed game. Colorado's better than Vancouver. The RSL game will be tough. They finished the game, the season in Houston. Houston's always been a tough place to play. And yes, San Jose is the worst team in the Western Conference, but that game's at Stanford and it's the Cali Classico. And it's so a rivalry when game. Look, yeah. When you look at all those things, the Vancouver game is, again, the one that if they let that one get away, at the end of the season, you're going to come back and say, oh, they, they missed by three points. They missed by two points. Yeah. Where could they have gotten those three points? Vancouver. Well, yeah, but you could also go back to the games that they were in charge of recently where they've given up six points, you know, basically in the last, uh, you know, f- five games, right? That they've come, that they've had those draws basically from winning positions. Uh, and you could say that's a reason that they're not in it right now. So those six points, not being able to hold on the leads. Again, I'm, I'm hesitant to say must win because I know for certain that if the Galaxy draw that game or if they lose that game, that there's still going to be another game and it's still going to matter. Um, but again, depending on results around the league, it, it, I mean, you could see, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with saying that the LA Galaxy's playoff hopes are over if the Galaxy can't get 
uh, depending on what the other results are, if the galaxy can't match those other results, right? So if Portland uh, draws and, you know, RSL draws and everybody draws and you're sort of in that, that zone where you're like, okay, they drew. And if the galaxy draw and then Seattle draws, like you have to rely on so many things where if you just go out and win this game, you're still very much in it. Uh, yeah. The idea of taking care of business and, and the galaxy won the first meeting five to two with Vancouver. Yeah, they did. They did. And it's at home, but is, 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 Playing in BC place were three points for Vancouver or three goals. I don't I think so. I, yeah, but I mean, you know, are the Galaxy good enough to put in five goals again? I mean, Grand Sur scored twice. When was the when was the last time you saw Grand Sur score twice? I have all the Grand Sur Chicharito on a PK, just in case you were remembering whether or not he could make them or not. Twelfth uh, minute was Grand Sur. Twentieth minute was Chicha. Thirtieth minute was Victor Vasquez. Fortieth minute was Grand Sur again, and, and Efrain Alvarez scored in the 89th minute. Those were your five goals that the Galaxy scored in that game. You can't trust this team. This team is perfectly capable of beating anybody on any given day. And that's more of an MLS thing than perhaps it is a, a, a sort of a sign to the LA Galaxy in terms of, hey, this team is very good. They're not. Um, but they're per perfectly capable of playing good teams and beating good teams and playing well um, when that happens. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think Patrick in the chat room says it. The, 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 the bat, your backs are against the wall. This is it. Yeah, and I think everybody can feel it. I think you, you want to know why Vanny was snappy after the Nashville game? It's because his back is against the wall because he's feeling the pressure. Um, you know, you want to know why he was... He's and you've seen it, I think, more and more from him in, in recent days and certainly in the last couple of weeks is that he's more on edge. Absolutely. Um, I, again, I and I think I've said this on other shows. We can all acknowledge that Greg Vanny talking to the media and Greg Vanny talking to his team are two completely different things. Like Greg Vanny talking to us is usually pretty well controlled, calm, you know, wants to explain things the best way that he can, the way that he sees them. Right. Um and at this point, all the questions we've asked, we've probably asked before, right? This isn't, this isn't, uh, we're not coming up with new things to sort of ask him just in terms of, you know, what's going on outside of some of the stuff that happens in the games now. The personnel are who the personnel is. You know, we can ask him about Ricky Pooj and, and all the great things he's doing. And we can talk to him about Victor Vasquez and what he does whenever he plays next to Ricky. And, you know, it's again, it's stuff we've talked about, about Gaston Brugman. And Greg goes out of his way to constantly bring up Gaston, which I think is correct. Gaston Brugman has been outstanding since he's joined the LA Galaxy. That's certainly helped. The galaxy um you can't say the galaxy haven't gotten better in terms of their personnel since that summer transfer window either um but at this point everybody feels the pressure i don't know whether or not uh greg vanny's job is on the line i don't believe it is and there was a report out i think today that you know the guys coming in line were going to be robbie keen and landon donovan kevin you and i had a discussion a while back whenever i think they were looking for greg vanny as as the replacement so gbs had been let go and they were searching for somebody and robbie keen's name came up I told this story in the Discord today because people want to argue with me all the time. Do you remember what the LA Galaxy said whenever you asked them, or maybe it was a source around the LA Galaxy that you asked them about to say, hey, is Robbie Keane coming to the LA Galaxy? I don't think I got an answer. I think it was a long series of laughs. Yeah, it was basically. And, and why was that? Why did they laugh? Do you remember? I remember this well, specifically because you told club team that that's that's never been a head coach that the, uh, the LA Galaxy believe. And this is certainly with conversations that I've had that the LA Galaxy believe that they have to demand a coach that has a resume worthy of, you know, one of the best teams in Major League Soccer. So that means if it's an international coach that they have, you know, good experience internationally. If it's a domestic coach, it means they have good experience domestically. Landon Donovan, as much as he is a beloved LA Galaxy legend, is coaching a USL team. He doesn't fit that high and, bar. But I would say coaching it very well. But my point was going to be coaching that team very well. But who does he have? A lot of young guys, a lot of guys that aren't confident, a lot of guys that are feeling their way. 
I think Landon is the perfect coach for those people. Yes. It could Landon stand up to uh, a Salatan or Gareth Bale. And, and uh, you know, there might be a little bit of respect there, but I don't think they're going to ask when he says jump, but they're not going to ask how high like these kids do. Mm-hmm. I think Landon is a great coach where he is. Uh, I don't think he's, I don't know that he's proven that he could do it with an MLS team. And he said that, you know, before he took this coaching job in San Diego, he said, I want to coach young kids because the older guys have too big an ego. And I think he's found his niche right now. Can, can I say that I think that Landon Donovan eventually could become a good MLS coach? I just don't Absolutely. think he's going to get his first chance at it with the LA Galaxy, uh, which may make people upset. But that's the thing that and that goes doubly for Robbie Keane, who has been an assistant in some in some ways, right? I don't think he's been a head coach anywhere. Has he been a head coach? No, certainly not to the he's level. Been a, he's been a player coach in India. Yeah, he was a player coach. That that's not the same, right? And listen. Love, I, you're talking about somebody who adores Robbie Keane. I think Robbie Keane can do no wrong in, in my mind, right? The whole deal. So if he had eventually gained some experience at a level that the Galaxy thought was worthy of that. But that's, I mean, you know, again, that's, lots of people want to argue. And I get people who ask me these, is this true? And I said, well, you know, based on the conversations I've had, no, it wouldn't seem to match up to being true. And then people want to argue with me and say, well, I think it is. It's like, okay, great. Good job. I'm glad. <laughs> But going back, Greg Vanny is, first of all, Greg Vanny is not in trouble. Secondly, um, the Galaxy got to stop changing coaches every two seasons. They need to have some con- continuity. Third, why is Greg Vanny upset? His team is 11-11-7. It's a 500 team. Last year it was one game over 500. He's at the end of his second season. His team is one game over 500. This is a guy who's used to coaching dominant supporter shield winning teams in Toronto. He's frustrated. He's frustrated by the fact the team's not winning. He's frustrated. He comes into those press conferences and says the same thing over and over again. The guys aren't getting this. They're not getting that. He's been saying this stuff since May of last year, and they're still not getting it. I think he's frustrated by that. And I think he's smart enough to say, yeah, right now we're focused on getting in the playoffs. That's never been the goal of the Galaxy. It is now because they've only been there once since 2016. The goal of the team is to get deep into the playoffs. And this is a team that is fatally flawed. If they make it, if they're fortunate enough to get through this and get into the playoffs, oh, I can't are they going to make a long run? I can't wait to call BS on this. Go ahead. Do you think they're going to make a long run? No, oh, okay. I don't. And Because I, I think, again, they're fatally flawed. They, they, they don't have wingers. They can't make penalty mm-hmm. kicks. They're not listening to the coach. They don't. There's just, if they can... Are they good enough? Yeah. Do they have the talent? Yeah. They're not playing like that right now. I don't. I see the players and I say, yes, this team could be a potential playoff team that goes deep. I see the results and I see the games and I say they're just not putting it together. Uh, but so, uh, go, go ahead. No, no. You're gonna no, you're gonna argue with that. I, I assume, but I mean, I, I just. I think they're fatally flawed the way they play. I, I will say that I agree with that. I agree that they have major issues emotionally on the winger play, but they've solved a lot of other issues that I think that they've had. So overall, I, I'm not there. But the big thing that I, the reason that I push back against that is that in the big games against the good teams, the Galaxy have played their best soccer. Um, and so you can't tell me that in a high pressure game, especially being the underdogs, of which most of the time they've played the good teams this year, that they've had success against. Them. Look at Nashville. Nashville is a stone cold playoff team. Are you telling me that if you have to go play Nashville one time in Nashville, that the Galaxy can't beat Nashville? You just saw well, what here, happened. Here's here's what's interesting. If I, I talked to some fans in, in Austin, and right now, if the season finished today, they'd play Austin in the first round, right? They would be seventh Austin, or if they make it, they would, if they make it seventh, they play Austin. They beat Austin. The Austin fans are are worried about the Galaxy. Uh, they're worried about the way they match up. So say they get in and they go play Austin. That's a winnable game. If they play Dallas, I'm not so sure. I agree. If they, get through that first round 
they could, if things work out, wind up at home at some point in the playoffs. So they had to go all three games on the road. I think that's a, a, a tall task for them. If they can get one of those games at home, right? You know, and things could change a little bit. But that first round match would be so important. It, yeah, we'll see. Uh, by the way, ten dollars super chat from Chris. Chris dropped a question below. Uh, his super chat says, "Can you tell me how many Sitters Cabral's missed this year, and whether or not hitting half of those would have meant more points?" I don't know, because then you'd have to also go back to all the Sitters the Galaxy have missed in general. The Galaxy have underperformed their expected goals by a serious amount. In fact, at one point, I think they were the highest team in the league to have missed those. Certainly, some of that was. Kevin Cabral. Some of that has been Sam Grancier as well. I think Efrain Alvarez falls into some of that. Um, so only, I think there's only one player who's really, really outperformed their XG. Chicharito has, has outperformed his XG and, and Dayon has outperformed his XG, expected goals. Um, those are the ones. So yeah, I mean, you can go back to any player and look at some of those things and and, and where we are. Uh, SPQR Prof uh, says, you guys are amazing. You confirm what I see in the field, the good, the bad, and the ugly, also known as the Pooj, the Cabral, and the Panenka. I like that one that he says we're amazing. So I have a feeling this is clearly a Greg Vanny troll account. That's the only thing I can figure out. Um, and then we got I a think, 20. I think it's, I think it's Jovan. <laughs> I'm sure it is. We are tight now. Um, then we have uh, we have a $20 super chat uh, that follows up from Chris. Chris spending all the big money today, apparently. Uh, 20 says, why is Vanny so hopelessly committed to Cabral? We've we've talked about that already, actually, in this particular show. Um, and so he's he's told you 100%. Um, does, it, does it say what Chris is that Chris Klein? No, it's Chris Klein. It's all these troll accounts in here all of a sudden. No, it's awesome. No, I mean, you know, the bottom line is that he's committed to Cabral because he doesn't think that anybody else on the team offers what they need in that position. He's not saying, and Vanny has never said that Kevin Cabral is satisfying all the needs of that position. Um, and I, again, as I said earlier, if you're reading between the lines to me, Greg Vanny is saying, if there's somebody else who could do it, I would put them in that position. And then there's the argument that he never tries anything else. And then all you have to do is go back to like three different lineups and go look at the other things that he's tried. Um, and people and the but people have short memories on that. That's fine. Uh, Vanny is actually mixed and matched too much for my like. Uh, what, what, and what Cobra brings is the speed, the ball handling, the the ability to uh, the high work rate which makes him sort of valuable on both ends of the field. So in a sense, if you bring in another winger, maybe you give up some of that defense and some of the work that he does in the midfield, some of that harassing of opponents. It, it, it's almost more of a defensive thing yeah. than it is an offensive thing. Yeah, no, no, it, it is. But but Chris, hopefully that answered a little bit because uh, we sort of looked at that. Gary, by the way, gave us a $5 super chat. Now I know the Galaxy are in here trolling us. Uh, Gary says, best show ever. Thank you guys. Keep up the stellar work. There's no way we could be getting this many compliments in one show. So I, I'm going to mark all of these as spam, I think, from yeah, here I, on I out. think the Galaxy should spend their money on players and not on podcasts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is It is. It is one of those where we're, we're sort of at. Um, I'm trying to think. There's some other little things I want to get to here before we sort of completely... Uh, we talked about Ricky Pouge going into the MLS Team of the Week, or maybe we didn't, but he's in the MLS Team of the Week again. Um, dude was out there just doing all sorts of crazy stuff. He had a goal, 90% accuracy, 104 minutes played. Yes. By the way, we need to say, go back to that picture. Uh -huh. Two things about Ricky Two things about Ricky Pouge. No, the other picture. Oh. The one I have myself. Oh, yes, that one. Okay. Only guy in MLS that tucks in his uniform uniform top, and uh, he spends a lot of time doing that. But when he went in as a sub the other day, he spent about half his time on, this, on the touchline trying to get his shirt and his shorts. Also, he played that game at home, the last home game, when it was, I don't know, 11,000 degrees with a long sleeve shirt on. Yeah. So if you look at that picture, he's got his, his jersey tucked in and he's got long sleeves on. Who, who, um, who, who else used to wear long sleeve shirts whenever it was super hot? 
I don't remember who. David Beckham. Oh, and he always wore the 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 beanie too. Remember? He did. Those had the whole hat on. Yep, he was he was he was well. He always wore the long sleeves to cover up all his tattoos. Remember? That's how that's what he would do. Um, so that well, so why, why get the tattoos if you're going to cover them up? Because those tattoos are for him, Kevin, not for you. How dare you? I've seen I saw most of them because we would see him in the locker room. He had he had a, an extensive collection. Uh, some of them were pretty cool. I was I you know I always think that stuff's cool. Whatever it it is what it is. Um, I want to get to jer- top jer- selling jerseys. Can we just agree? Kevin, that the fact that they don't release the actual numbers of jerseys being sold in any of this is uh, highly, highly suspect. I can tell you why. why First of all, this is an MLS thing. So they are accountable to no one. They just make stuff up. We know that because of the voting on postseason awards, especially uh, like executive of the year and PR team of the year. Um, uh, we know that. Okay. So MLS cooks the numbers. The reason they don't uh, release the numbers is as they say, it's MLSstore.com. So this isn't you going into uh, the galaxy shop before a game, buying a Jersey or going to, to Seattle or going to the uh, airport gift shop uh, in Salt Lake where they have a salt, a real Salt Lake store. This is only ordering off MLSshop.com, not world soccer shop anywhere else. Right. Just one site. And that's where the numbers come from. And so if they say Gareth Bale has the top selling jersey, he sold five in the last six weeks. Right. That's really bad. Right. So I mean, that, that's, that's where it comes from. But, but I mean, but that's that's the whole deal here is that overall they're just like these are made up numbers because, I mean, they can do they can say they don't release the data to let you verify any of this. And we have no idea how many maybe Gareth Bale sold right. two million jerseys on MLS store, MLS soccer store.com or whatever, right? Maybe we sold 2 million or as you said, maybe he sold five. And the fact that we don't know that is always fun, but Hey, let's go through this just for LA galaxy funness. Uh, Chicharito's number four top selling Jersey in all of major league soccer. Douglas Costa is number 24, which is highly suspect. Who's buying a Douglas Costa Jersey. Um, they, I like yeah, Charlotte. This is for inter- entertainment purposes only. Charlotte has uh, <laughs> has Christian uh, Fuchs on there, and uh, he's got the uh, he's got the number two. Uh, Carlos Vela with number three. Chicharito number four. Uh, let's see, Joseph Martinez, who apparently flipped over a catering, catering trade and is not talking to his coach, and then uh, and then there's all sorts of drama that's going on there. Joseph Martinez has the number five. Uh, one there, uh, Raul Rui Diaz, uh, Carol Swiderski of Charlotte as well. So Charlotte, those, those Charlotte East coast people grabbing well, up a lot I, of those. I get that they're a new team. Yeah. That, that makes sense to me. Jordan Morris is on there. Walker Zimmerman who got a red card. Thanks to the LA galaxy game. So anyway, I just thought I would point that out. And- a couple of things about that to, to go back to your thing. LAFC is wearing the same flex Jersey they wore last year. If you didn't get a Carlos Vela Jersey last year, you're going to get one this year. Why is Vela up there? Same with Chicharito. The jerseys are similar. I know there's been some small changes. If you if you're a Chicharito fan, you got the jersey a year or two years ago. Right. I get Seattle. They changed jerseys. They won Concacaf uh, Champions League. People might have been interested. I totally get the Charlotte guys. Um, I don't get Joseph Martinez. I don't know any Joseph Martinez fans right now. Um, so yeah, the numbers are suspect. And and if if we saw them, I think Gareth Bale has sold double digit jerseys. That would be my guess. <laughs> It's probably more than that. I bet he, I bet he sold like fifteen hundred. But and here's the deal: a Welsh fan, Welsh national team fan, probably wants that jersey, and they have to get it they from MLSshop.com. Right, right. right. Uh, 
Okay. But if you're, you know, if you're a Vela guy, you're going to buy it at the bank. Are you going to buy the Chicharito one at the Galaxy game? You're not going to buy it through that website. Uh, and and as pointed out, the Brazilian fans do love Douglas Costa. So I was maybe I was a little harsh on the whole who's buying the Douglas Costa jerseys. Maybe there are people who are buying them. I just don't know who they are. They're probably Brazilian fans. Everything else. We have got more super chats to get through. Uh, Arquitecto Verbal, uh, just uh, some killer lyrics. Had an article in the Striker um, about uh, about this particular person. So five dollar super chat says, "What's up with Luis Suarez next season? You think do you buy any of the Luis Suarez to the LA Galaxy next season and Chicharito adios down to Mexico?" I think Chicharito's gone. I think he may stay in MLS. Um, I think he's proven to be a useful player as long as you don't have him take penalty kicks. Um, but I, I think the Chicharito experiment's over. I don't know about uh, about Suarez because I would like to see Suarez Chilini. That'd be great. But Chilini. But continue. Yes. Uh, again. That guy. Pronunciation. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Giorgio. Um, I just. I he's I I mean I, he could be a productive player. I just think he's too old. And I don't. I just don't think that's the direction the Galaxy are going in. Almost has as many goals as he did last year. Uh, he's don't. he is absolutely hands down the MVP of this LA Galaxy team. You can hate him for the penalty kicks, whatever he has produced, and he is staying no, healthy. He, he is, but I just don't know that you. I mean, I maybe you pick maybe you pick up the option. I don't think you re-sign him once uh, a year. He's wh- 34. Well, uh, what the gave us a $5 super chat says galaxy make playoffs and go to a PK shootout. All the players take Panenka's <laughs> does Greg Vanny uh, get fired for that? Uh, I'm going to say yes. That would be awesome. If Can, they all took to Panenka's. Panenka's. That would be great. This is, this, okay. This is, I, I'm going to say something and nobody's going to have any idea what I'm talking about. I don't even know the name of the movie I'm about to, 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 to tell you about. But did you ever see the the women's gymnastics movie where they realized that all the judges were crazy and that like there was never pleasing any of the judges. And so like they started to pick who was going to win the one by like just going up there and like touching the balance beam and then like being done. And then the person who they wanted to win would go and do that. That's sort of what I feel like would That's happen like with a the Will Ferrell movie. It's not a Will Ferrell movie. Somebody knows the name of this movie. It is not a good movie. I've seen it now like probably three or four times and it's one of those stupid movies that's like on and it just stays on and I don't know. I can't change a channel, whatever. It's not a good movie, but somebody knows. Somebody, somewhere. Twitter, anywhere. Please validate what I'm telling you, right? Because one of the girls gets in trouble. She has a deduction for showing her bra strap, right? This was this was in the movie and they're like, this is ridiculous. She was the best one and like, so they like, they stage a revolt, right? And so that's what I imagine with all the Panankas. Um, you know, the whole deal. By the way, Architect of Verbal, uh, $2 super chat says, I've never seen a Costa jersey at the digs. So, see, it's not That's, me. Yeah. Yeah. You go to a game at, uh, at, in Brazil, though, I bet you see a lot of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. By the way, speaking of movies, I watched Pig Panther last night. That was made like 15 years before you were even born. Yeah. I did. Have you seen the, the Maverick Top Gun? Have you seen that? No. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun for somebody who loves Top Gun. And by the way, totally another commercial for like the military and the Navy and all the things, which is why they gave them access to all the planes. It was what happened the first one. This is the same one, but it's still a ton of fun. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I'm it's like a sport. It's like one of those sports buddy movies. Only they have jets instead of baseball bats. It's kind of like Major League with with warplanes. Dude, you should see people trying to figure out what the name of this movie is. It yeah. is not pretty. It is not pretty. Josh, what on earth are you watching, says Potter? I think it's called Nadia's Theme. Yeah, right? So Gary goes, is it an old movie? It feels like old dish, like not like, but like maybe 10 years ago. Like it's not super old. Well, Ladybugs, it's not Ladybugs, Mike Gray. It's not a soccer movie. <laughs> 
All right. When did you stop smoking weed? Because that would be it. <laughs> that, that would be whatever. I don't. I don't think. I don't think how it goes. But anyway, um, that yeah. So somebody will eventually figure out the name of this. Or I'm gonna search the internet until I find it to prove that I wasn't wrong. Maybe it was like a made-for-TV movie. Maybe it's. I don't know. It's not a Hallmark movie. I'll tell you that. So anyway, well, right. you know what? Stephen Wright does a routine where he goes to the uh, video shop and tries to rent a movie that, and it, and the guy finally determines it was his dream. The movie that he's talking about was his dream. Yeah. Maybe he was a dream. I was dreaming that that this movie exists. No, it, it is. Stick it, stick it. I think I know the movie, but it'd be wrong. But isn't it stick it? I believe it is stick it, and I will look it up. Thank you very much, you wonderful, beautiful listeners that are here on our live show. Stick it is the name of the movie. I want full book reports from everybody. Go watch it. Uh, and tell me what you think. And this is a wide-ranging show. It, we cover we cover all the stuff. We we talk about trains later. Yeah. we talk about uh, Pink Panther and, and Top Gun. This is man. It, it's it's everything you want it to be and more. Uh, LA Galaxy schedule coming up. We've already talked about it. Just going to tell you again. Seven p.m. Uh, game on uh, coming up against Vancouver. Seven oh eight p.m. Seven o'clock Canadian. At seven o'clock Canadian, so it's on. What is this exchange rate right now? Does that mean the game kicks off earlier? No, seven p.m. Like yeah. yeah, seven p.m. is the uh, is the TV start time. Spectrum Sportsnet, LAGalaxy.com. Seven o eight p.m. is your kickoff time for that. Then there is a seven thirty game coming up on Saturday. LA Galaxy hosts the Colorado Rapids. It's funny because Kevin, you and I will tend, spend a little bit more time talking about this Vancouver game, and then we're going to look at this seven at the Colorado game once they're through the Vancouver game, like it's just as important. As the Vancouver game. So and it's Central America Heritage Night? Yes, it's Central American Heritage Night. Correct. But look at this other thing, too, as you put the schedule up there. We didn't even talk about this. Galaxy, not the strongest road team in the world. Three of their final five games are on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> the jokes are coming about the movie. They're coming coming uh, quick. Uh, then it's a 7 p.m. on September 24th. Remember, that's an international break game. I don't know who's going to be gone from the LA Galaxy. I don't know who's going to be available, but bottom line is that could be a huge game as well up at Stanford Stadium on 924 during an international break. Galaxy will be missing some players. We already know that. You know, I've already written this once. I think Tato Martino has to call Chicharito up. These games, the send-off games are in California. It's not the final World Cup roster. How He has no scores. Chucky Lozano got hurt the other day. Raul Jimenez is still having trouble coming back. Um, you know, they, they, they lost Corona. He's out for the World Cup. Chicharito's in form, just don't have him take penalty kicks. I really don't understand why Tata Martino would not call Chicharito up, and, and he would miss the San Jose game, obviously, if he was playing with Mexico. But, man, I just don't understand why he didn't get a call up. Just look at the guy. Give him a chance. If he doesn't fit the bill, then then let him go. So I think my point of all that, that, that uh, rant was that – the Galaxy could be missing Chicharito for that game. All right, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we talked about it. Eastern Conference: Philadelphia up there with 63 points, Montreal with 53, New York 50, New York City 46, Orlando with 42, Cincinnati to 42, Columbus 41. Just below the line, Bruce Arena's uh, New England at 38, Miami at 36, 36 for Atlanta, 35 for Charlotte, 35 for Chicago, Toronto 34, and eliminated DC United, who just drew with RSL over the weekend. Now, and Philadelphia now leads the Sporting Shield race by three. Yeah, although LFC has game in hand hey let me give a quick shout out by the way i don't know if I, I know that nobody here would probably listen to this particular podcast uh but my good buddy mark fishkin over at seeing red covering the new york red bulls is over there uh and they just passed a pretty cool milestone so i'll shout out mark um and all of his co-hosts and everybody mark and i have basically started podcasting about the same time 
Uh, we've met in person, I think maybe once, uh, we've been on each other's shows multiple times. Mark is an amazing human being. I love him to death. Uh, but congratulations. They finally got to, um, I shouldn't say finally, but they, they got to 800,000 plays overall wow. for, for their podcast. They've been doing it about as long as I have, uh, in that. So it's an amazing accomplishment, um, in, in all those things. I, I think that's great. So congratulations. 800,000, 800,000. Yes. We're up to around 53 now, right? Uh, we, so, so Mark and his, his friends, uh, and, and his podcast hosts and everybody who does it, uh, usually are, I think they're once a week, right? So we have sort of an un unfair advantage. Uh, since 2016, we have 1.7 million. Uh, I had no idea we were that. Yeah. I, I looked, I have not been paying attention to the numbers this year. I did it on purpose. One, cause people drive me crazy and they've been pushing all my buttons. So I tried, I've tried to give myself as much of a break from doing this stuff as I can when I'm not doing it. Right. So please, I, I spend all day on an LA Galaxy Discord. I follow all the news. I do all the stuff. But on occasion, like all the housekeeping stuff of keeping track of numbers and all that stuff. So I looked at the numbers today um, and we're up 25% on YouTube. We're up tw about 25% on, on overall podcast listens as well from last year. I know 1.6 million, you said? 1.7 something. Yeah, the 57 I was talking about, that's the number I'm responsible for. I would also like to point out that I can only keep records from 2016 because that's whenever I started keeping records of, of stuff. That's when I actually owned the the podcast. Uh, like it, it came specifically to me and I posted everything was started in 2016. So that's 1.7 million since 2016, not since 2009, whenever we started. Oh, we're blowing those New York Red Bull. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not a competition. It's amazing what Mark and those guys do. I love them to death. So anyway, I wanted to uh, to. So to who owned the podcast before you took complete control? So like we were part of a a the North American Soccer Network, and so I would uh -oh. send my podcast off to um, off to them, and they would post it, and they ran basically the 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 show. Right? There's a reason. There are two. If you go type corner of the galaxy and Apple podcasts who have been a major pain in my butt as of late, they're not posting all the shows. So if you're listening to this and you're on Apple podcasts, hopefully that means it actually updated this time, but they're not updating for whatever reason. And so if you go, there's two of them. And one of the reasons there's two of them, there's two corner of the galaxies is because one of them is the old one that technically got transferred over, but it's just like sort of auto sending like it, it's sort of like auto forwarded if you think of it that way it's auto forwarded and then there's the one that i control and so i can yeah. only refresh the one that i can control and do something if, so. if we continue with this conversation we'll definitely not have 1.6 million in the future no 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 this, just lost this, a whole bunch this, of this goes this goes everywhere but anyway they are that's that's sort of where we're at so this year though has been one of, has been absolutely hands down our best year by far but it's, it's a lot done time no, was really good too it was but it wasn't it they, you would be amazed at the numbers i looked at them today i have not looked at them for a long time i was laughing i was like oh really okay maybe i should not pay attention to this stuff a lot more so i'm gonna i'm gonna when do that we went live and people got to see me that brought that, in that definitely all the tanked. ladies for all the sure, yeah. all the youtube yeah but that's they're 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 reporting this video as we speak um so that's that uh western conference we've already talked about lafc at 60 austin dallas nashville portland minnesota salt lake LA galaxy just at eighth below the line again galaxy have everything to play for in terms of it i made an exception normally only show the top 14 but the galaxy are in 15th place right now so i made it down to 15 in terms of the supporter shield right now it is the philadelphia union uh with 31 games played and 2.03 points per game at 63 points who have the supporter shield uh, uh locked the up the galaxy cannot win that 
the, yeah, the Galaxy can't learn. I shouldn't say locked up, but they are currently in the lead. Uh, Philadelphia has a playoff spot locked in. LAFC has a playoff spot locked in. Montreal has a playoff spot locked in. Those are the three teams. And we talked about, I believe, the only team right now that's eliminated, which is DC United. But I would imagine that some of that starts yep. to happen, isn't it? It's just DC United. I, I think that, no, I think um, the penultimate team in the West is also eliminated. I think Case. Oh, Houston. Houston is. Houston. Yeah, Houston, Houston has been eliminated. So Houston and DC. I, I forgot that San Jose was below Houston, but they still have they a have chance. A game yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the game they play, the LA Galaxy. So that could also be the game. Maybe the, the Galaxy eliminate them from the playoffs. Maybe maybe they won't last that long because that's still a couple games uh, away. I think if you're the Galaxy, you hope that they, they go away very quietly. Yeah. Um, and, and so that way they have nothing to play for by the time you get yeah, to Yeah, we it. don't want them to have any reason to play. Yeah, just want to, again, touch on a, a couple things. Vancouver Whitecaps, LA Galaxy coming up. September 14th, it is a 7 p.m. start time, 7.08 p.m. kickoff time. Spectrum Sportsnet, LAGalaxy.com is where you can find that. If you look at these games, uh, the Galaxy have been overwhelmingly the the sort of the favorites in these 15, 9, and 6 overall. 51 total points for the Galaxy, 9, 15, and 6, 33 points for Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, 8th in the Western Conference versus 11th in the Western Conference. Uh, 15th in the Supporters Shield versus 24th in the Supporters Shield right now. Um, so that's the, the teams. And if you look, undefeated in their last six games are the LA Galaxy. Again, maybe not the best thing in the world just because there weren't a bunch of wins in there, uh, but certainly not horrible. And if you look and at... Vancouver 0-3 with a one goal in their last three. Yeah, three-game losing streak but also a four game winless streak right because they drew the game before that so um but when you look at it across the last across the last five games uh the galaxy have five points and vancouver has four points so it's not like you can say sit there and say oh yeah these teams are definitely so much different i mean only six points really are the difference between these two teams as we look and we talked about uh you know the vancouver whitecaps and what they do at home seven four and three at home even though you talked about it kevin three and two in their last five at bc place Um, two and three yeah, or yeah, two and three. Is that what I said? Two, three, and oh, yeah, two, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Two, three, and oh, um, at home in their last five. So, uh, not exactly the the high flying Vancouver that you expect. Lucas Cavallini suspended for that. They've been switching off in goalkeepers with Cody Cropper and Thomas Hazel and trying to go back and forth and trying different things. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be. Uh, interesting. You also pointed out earlier that the Galaxy started their unbeaten run against Vancouver in that 5-2 win. And what you just said, though, so in their last five games, Vancouver has four points. Mm-hmm. And we just said that, that they're terrible right yeah. now, that they're horrible. Yep. And The Galaxy are on a six-game unbeaten streak, but over those five games, right. there, there's only one point difference in the standing. That, yep. That's why the Galaxy are in the situation they are. They're they're not losing, but they're not taking. You know that might them. be wrong too. I wrote that down really fast, and now I'm trying to think that that's, that's not that's correct. Yeah, it's seven points. How about that? Can I do math? Okay. I can do math. Seven points. There you go. Good lord. Oh, just forget what I just. Just said. forget everything. You know what? This whole podcast. Just People forget it ever forget happened. Forget it ever happened. Uh, Raphael, by the way, gave us a five dollars super chat. Says Josh, here's five dollars towards a raise for the panda since you guys are doing such great numbers. Don't give him a raise. He deserves <laughs> none of that. I don't know why. Um, Patrick gave us a $5 super chat says this show increasingly kicks. Um, but I like I like to keep it PG 13 for everybody. And I'm glad the Nielsen ratings reflect that. Yeah. The Nielsen, this is the Guessman ratings, the SoundCloud ratings. Yeah. Uh, we were rank- every once in a while we pop into the world rankings of podcasts, but it's never in the United States. Cause why would we, why would we rank? But we were like the, the 157th best podcast in like Thailand. So wow. in the sports genre. So, so. Hey. 
we got a big Thai audience. We should go on a tour. We should go on a tour. <laughs> Cracks me. I imagine that's like seven people or something like that. I mean, there's a lot of people in Thailand. I'm not going to say that, but there's no way that we're doing actual real numbers there. That like it's just weird. We fall into these charts every once in a while. So, um, but yeah, so lots of betting. That's the only reason I can sort of say that. It our, would be. When when Revelisa was here, our Madagascar numbers spiked straight through the roof. We were huge in Madagascar. You know. The thing that we never capitalized on was our fame in Sweden whenever Zlatan was here. Yeah. We had Swedish listeners. We could have gone and stayed with people. I got offers to be like, they're like, come on over. We'll take you. We'll go out drinking. You can stay at my house. We should have gone when we had the chance and we didn't. It's a real tour, yeah. <sighs> There's still that Swedish chef on the Muppets. Yes. I, I'm sure that that's a great representation of the entire country of Sweden. So good. Good on you. Good on you. I, I liked how you started out making 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 fun of Puerto, Puerto Ricans. Ricans yeah, and yeah. now now I'm you've gone into the and now now you've gone into. Uh, into I'm honorary Boricua. Yes. So can, Are you sure? You know that's like me. No, whenever no, they were. Not, <laughs> at all, not at all sure. No. <laughs> not at all sure. They don't. They don't say that. They they never say that. Nobody calls you that. Um, so I, I mean, this Vancouver game again. I, I think it's super important. It's going to be the most important game the Galaxy play on Wednesday. Uh, and then on the Saturday and then the Saturday game will be the most important game they play on Saturday. Right. I mean, that's just how this is going to go. Uh, we looked at uh, 538 and what they thought of the L.A. Galaxy. Again, they still think pretty highly. They think the Galaxy have a 66 percent chance of getting in the playoffs and they have them at 48 points. Right. So that's two wins. Really, if you think about it, it's like two wins one loss and three draws out of their last, um, you know, six games or seven games. However, it was it would match exactly what they did last year because they and it would match exactly what they're doing right now. Drawing it, every, every, it, it every would. Game. So um, so, it, it, you know, that's something to watch. Uh, they have Minnesota, you know, in there at 85 percent. I'm trying to go down. Portland is 63 percent. So they actually have Portland below the L.A. Galaxy in terms of chances to make the playoffs. And they have them sort of finishing at 48 points. But if that happens, you know, can the, gal- do the Galaxy have the tiebreaker on Portland? We'll watch that. Uh, and then Seattle at 45 points. They think that Seattle is not going to get to the level that, that the LA Galaxy and Portland are going to get. And then Real Salt Lake is in there, and they think they're going to finish with 48 points. Right now they have RSL at 48 points, Portland at 48 points, and the Galaxy at 48 points. That's kind of what happened last year. I mean, there was a big bunch there, and it came down to the tiebreaker. Ooh, it's going to be good. But see, and it all came, also came down to that goal and stoppage time, remember, and the poor officiating decision. And that's why the Galaxy can't afford to drop more points you know, that they, they, that they should earn. Right. Um, and that it's where this Vancouver game comes in big. It should be a three point game. And if they wind up in that tiebreaker situation again, that, you know, this could, we, we don't want this to be one of the games that they have to look back on and say, geez, you know, we didn't do enough there to win. 538 says specifically for this game, 43% chance to win for the LA galaxy, 32% chance for Vancouver to win and 24% chance that this game ends in a draw. The galaxy are favorites there. I think they were only slight favorites. It was basically a pick them game. If you looked at the actual odds, I think it was plus 150 and plus 155. Um, so like to me, that's, that's a straight up pick them. Uh, we are not encouraging gambling. <laughs> this is for informational purposes only. Of course we are. We are, we're encouraging all that just go ahead and you know first give us a super chat then you used to write some sort of tout sheet That's i did funny. for a while yeah and yeah. i i, I would like that money to be coming back into my pocket yeah that would the, be- the fact that you still live where you live shows that you didn't take your own advice I am, or your advice was bad one or the other i was that was the whole thing is that I, I never bet on any games i don't i don't even know how to bet on games and that's a good thing i don't need another thing for me to do so uh that's where we're at la galaxy versus vancouver whitecaps coming up on on wednesday and then the galaxy uh, hosting colorado rapids on saturday night so big weekend coming up 
a big game coming up. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, what the says, uh, gives us a $2 super chat and says two hour Monday show. I don't think we can go for another 45 minutes, especially being the temperature currently in this room is 83 degrees. So I think I'm done. I think, I think we're going to wrap that up. I got 74 over here. Yeah. Well, you have central air cause you live in yeah, Northern California. In the mountains here. Yes. In the mountains in Northern yeah. California, <laughs> Southern Oregon. That's where you live. Somewhere. Watch out for the Bears in Vancouver if you go to that game. Yeah, have fun. Uh, so <laughs> they're asking for predictions on this game, Kevin. Do you want to give a prediction? Do you think the Galaxy have enough to win this game? Man, that's a tough one. I'm going to go 3-1 Galaxy. I'm wow. going to say yeah. Wow. I'm gonna, Strong. Yeah. 2-1 uh, Galaxy. I think they do win this game. I. It's very dangerous for me to think that just in terms of road wins for me, I usually have to take a step back. I would agree with you 3-1 if they're playing at home, but because on the road, there's a goal difference. So this could easily be like a 2-1 game where the Galaxy win, or it could be like a 2-2 draw, that type of thing. So, um, all right, I think that's it. Let's call it Uh live show coming back on Thursday night. We'll get you ready for the Colorado game. Go over the Vancouver game. Uh, you know, we'll either be uh, sobbing in misery with everybody else telling you why the galaxy are going to miss the playoffs now, or we're going to tell you why the galaxy are absolutely locked to get in the playoffs. Either way, we are sure to overreact to anything that happens. Anything anybody says we do because that's what we do. Um, anything else, Kevin, you good? Yeah, I just, I really th- appreciate all the kind words everyone sent in tonight. It's uh, much too nice. Yeah, it is, but also I'm just staring at you on the screen here. I don't know that anyone else is even listening. So the fact that people at least pretend like they're listening is really nice. Yeah, you don't have the chat brought up. Everybody should know this. You don't have the chat brought up, so you don't you're see not. all these things. As far as Kevin's concerned, I make these up as we're going. Like, I just, I just, I could just. Oh, man, I never even thought about that. <laughs> right? Because yeah, I was feeling good, and now, now yeah. I don't know. I'm probably, I made up that 1.7 million number, too. Don't worry. It's all, it's all just fake, Kevin. None of this is real. None of this is That's going from on. the Adam, Adam Serrano era. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else? We good? We're good. No, we're good. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Please head on over to uh, latimes.com where Kevin does all of his writing. He'd be happy to say hi to you on Twitter, say hi to him there, and of course, uh, follow all his soccer writing at latimes.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, head to our YouTube channel, head to Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts if you must, but if they're not updating, look for it somewhere else. YouTube is a good place to go for that of course you'd have to get there to listen to me saying that in order for you to go there so however you got here thank you we appreciate it all right for mr kevin the panda baxter i'm josh pato guessman you've been listening you've been watching to corner of the galaxy from the box on corner of the galaxy.com have a great one everybody you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy podcast on corner of the galaxy.com you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at galaxy podcast And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.